Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick. And on the show, we talk about mental health, addictions, and really anything anyone's afraid to talk about at the end of the day. We are here to talk about it and bring light to everything. I believe everyone's story is valuable. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. All your stories are valuable to me and you all mean something to me at the end of the day. But with no further ado, I'd love to introduce to you my next guest. A little backstory though. Ellison Dawes sent a birthday gift to this lovely woman we have on the show today. Shelby Ale, you want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. And thank you so much, Ellison, for this amazing birthday gift. That was super cool. Honestly, the best birthday gift I've ever had and the most unique one for sure. I had a email from Chris on my birthday morning saying that we can book a podcast together. And I think that's just, I too love sharing stories. I love connecting with people. I am a mom of two beautiful girls. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I've been through quite the mental health journey. I feel like to this date, I have a pretty great handle on my mental health at this point. My awareness level has, you know, shifted in so many ways. And I'm now at the point where I want to help other people move through those motions of just going through all the things that life throws at us, different ways to potentially cope. Obviously, different things work for different people. I have now started my own company through my maternity leave, which we'll chat a little bit more about today. I think the postpartum depression, that's in and of itself a big beast. But yeah, I ended up building my own company in one of the darkest times of my life, I would say. But I decided to make that something that I was going to change. I was ready to change. And so that's why I built what I built. I now have a team that helps me. We run a social media agency. We are working for our clients all over the world, building out their social platforms. I also run a real estate investing company with my husband, and I almost have my real estate license. So We've got lots on the go and it's, it's just a very blessed life. I'm so grateful for all of the things that we, we have and all the opportunities that come our way. And I truly believe that mindset is the key factor in what helped me shift. That's amazing. And let's talk a little bit about those businesses or the business. How did your obsession with organization turn into a business? That's a great question. So initially I dove into some mindset work because I was like, you know what? I am ready to change. I am six months postpartum. Something needs to happen here. I don't really want to go back to my corporate job if I don't have to. It was a great position at the time, but it wasn't something I was going to be passionate about for the rest of my life. So dove into some mindset work. As I was on that journey of mindset work, it almost flowed way too naturally that people in the community who were also doing that work saw the types of things that I was interested in and the types of things that I was capable of. So people started to flow to me and say, hey, I'm building my business. Could you maybe help me organize these few things so that I could get an email system or a website or just all the things that you need when you're starting a business. And I was like, sure, absolutely. I was still on my maternity leave, so it worked out seamlessly. I could help people out on the, the little girl's nap. And yeah, all the things just started to flow that way as far as me just helping people organize their business and their life. And then as I was going on within two or three months, I had this realization come to Jesus moment where I was like, you know what? This is my business. This is my passion. Because I kept trying to figure out 
what is it that I want to do? I, I don't want to go back to work, but I need to build a business. And in the background of all of this and me stressing or worrying about what it is that I was going to do to help people, I was already serving people in the best way I knew how. And so from there, I was like, we're going to, we're going to choose a business name. We're going to build a website. We're going to build an Instagram and we're just going to do all the things. And I started to write down all the things I could do to help people. And when I built the website, I had to, it was like forcing me to get clear on the services I was going to offer. So that's what I did. I got clear on what I was going to offer. And then people just came to me for various things, social media management, organization, content, digital graphics, all the things. And I just, I always said yes. <laughs> and I figured it out. <laughs> and that's the best thing to do. Like I've, like yourself, I've figured out along the way how to get the podcasting going. And it was one thing after another that led to another. It's just like, there's so many things you can learn on your own these days. You don't need to go take a huge college course or nothing. Like I didn't take a college course for sound. I may not be the greatest all the time, but I'm learning as you go one day at a time. And every little thing, like every fail is a success. In my opinion, every failure is a success. Sorry. And I've learned so many things along the way. It sounds like you've done the same sort of thing too, Shelby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I truly believe that honestly, we're always succeeding as long as we're growing, as long as we're moving towards something. And that's just it. I just kept taking the most important next step. I'm like, you know what? I don't know the exact end goal even, but I know that I just wanted um, a different lifestyle. I didn't want to go back to the corporate world. So I just kept trying to build in services. So my business now that could fit into this lifestyle. I wanted to be home with my kids, et cetera. And yeah, I just kept saying yes, taking that most important next step and really trying to focus on what was serving me in order to serve other people. Because I knew that if I wasn't doing things that I wanted to do really at the end of the day, then I'm not going to be able to serve people in the best way they deserve. So yeah, I was just always incorporating things that really made me happy and that I already knew how to do. Like you said, I didn't need more education. I just needed to apply who I was at my core. Everybody who knows me loves that I love organization. And it's funny that my business started off that way because I never would have thought 10 years ago that I could have started a business because of a characteristic that I have. <laughs> no, and it's amazing to see what you can do and what you can achieve if you put your mind to it. Like you said, so who did you start doing mindset work with her? Did you do that on your own? I actually dove in with a coach. So her name was Danielle Amos. And like I said, I was six months postpartum, not realizing that I, at the time I was in the worst depression of my life, to be quite honest. And I was scrolling Facebook, saw that at our local yoga studio, she was hosting a three hour mindset session to kick off January, to kick off the new year. And like you said, at this point in time, it wasn't doing very well. But for some reason, that event caught my eye. And I said to my husband, I think I'm going to go to this. I'm going to spend the afternoon there. And it was a transformative three hours. I came home and I said, something is different. I can't put my finger on it, but it's time. I need a coach. I need help. I need help to be able to shift my mindset because at the end of the day, I need to do the work if I want to change. And he said, do whatever you need to do. And between you and I and all the listeners, I was in a lot of debt at this point in time because I had gone to four years of university for a biology degree. Lots of other people, they do the same thing, go to four or five, 10 years of university and they're doing something totally different. 
Totally. Yeah. I do not regret going to university, but man, did it put me in a lot of debt. Yeah. So I, at the time, was in a lot of debt and we had a new baby and it was, I think it was about $7,500 to dive in with this coach uh, for a six month intensive program at the time. And especially when you tell your spouse something like that, it's like, okay, what are they going to say? And he was like, what are you waiting for? Get your credit card. Let's make it happen. He said, if you believe that this is the thing that's going to be the turning point in your life, if you believe that this is going to help you get to where you want to be, then I, I trust you. Do what you need to do and the money will come. And because of his support, honestly, I don't know that I would have moved forward because it's hard to make that big of a purchase if your spouse isn't on board, rightly. But I did it. I dove in. That's when the mindset journey really started was when I said yes to having a coach. And now I'm actually coaching other people. So for the past year, I've built out my own mindset and business program. It's called Move Your Mind. And it's based on the principles that I learned in that coaching program, as well as a couple of other coaching programs I took following that. Just, of course, I got, I got embedded in that type of material and just the connections and the communities that you can build within a coaching or a mindset community, I feel are so powerful in and of itself. It's all people who also want to grow and want to win and they want to support you. And yeah. I, I really did. That was the Kickstarter. And actually, that mindset coach was my very first client. So it really did. That That was the biggest investment and best investment I ever made in myself. Actually, the $7,500 has come back to me tenfold versus my university degree. That's amazing to see what happens when you do, like you said, put your mind to something get into that right mindset and the options are endless. The the things that you can do are endless. If you put your mind to something and just want to do it, you know, I didn't really believe in myself either at the beginning of podcasting. I had, like I said, no clue what I was doing. And here I am a hundred plus episodes later and we're still going strong. And I get people reaching out and that, like I had a friend the other day reach out to me and is like, Chris, you told I remember when you just told me I'm going to start a podcast and he's fucking a, like, here you are a hundred plus episodes later. Now it's still going strong every week. I just, it's, it's, I'm dedicated to it. I, I enjoy what I'm doing and it, it just gives me a purpose. I was in recovery before and when everything shut down at the beginning of the pandemic, like the in, in-person meetings and stuff, and I just needed that outlet. And that's one of the reasons I started this show and it's my outlet every week to chat with others. And it, it's like a, it's a free sense of therapy. I absolutely agree. Honestly, there are so many times during the day that I'm like, I just would love to speak to more people, start a podcast, all the things like kudos to you for actually diving in and doing that. Because like you said, too, it's an outlet. It's it is your time to do some self-care and learn from other people and just make those connections. And truly, what are we building if we're not building it with other people? I love that you've dove into podcasting because now you have all of these amazing connections that they're going to just keep growing for the rest of your life. I love it. No, and it's it's so true. Like maybe we haven't met in person yet, but I've I've gotten so many great invites when things start to open up more. Go, I would love to go visit people that I've had on my show and I have met a few of them and I've connected with them and we've stayed connected. The, like the connections I've built here are much stronger than any other connections I've ever built in my life, to be quite honest. Like on, I can count on one hand how many true friends or people I have in my life, but the connections I've built here just feel so much 
different than other ones I've built over my whole life sort of thing. I completely agree. And two, when you build a platform, you call in people who need to hear what you have to say and need to hear the stories, right, that you're sharing. And I think that's what's really special about social media is because probably people have been connected to you just through social media as well. And now they listen to your podcast and now they're connected to you. And it's just incredible the way we can network nowadays. That to me is, it's beautiful. And that's why I love the social media world. Like I've pretty much transitioned my business to be mostly a social media agency. We do some VA work here and there, like virtual assistant work. But I love building brands on social media because just like yourself, it allows the business to grow in ways that, you know, how many years ago, that would not have been a possibility, right? Like we can reach people globally and anyone you meet can change your life in some significant way. So it's so incredible what can happen through this world. For sure. No, and it's true. The way if you use social media properly, like I, I'm no one and I'm sure everyone's guilty of it, s- scrolling aimlessly, but a little a few days ago there, it, it shut down, and, <laughs> but it was actually so good. It was actually, I, I, it was very productive. It happened at work when I was there, but I was so productive. I felt myself, it felt really good just to not even be on it, not have anything pop up. I, I have notifications shut off on my phone at all times anyways. I do. It also just blow up all day and I just don't need that. It's so true though, but if you use it to its advantage, you can reach so many people with things if you're, if you have a niche that you, and focus in on that niche too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool what you can build on social media. And it's funny that you mentioned that for like just mental health reasons, I have made my social media what I love to see. So like at the end of the day, remember you don't have to follow people you don't love to follow like the people that I follow and the types of things that I'm consuming on social media if I'm scrolling I want to make sure that it's valuable to me does this serve my end purpose and if it doesn't you can hit on follow and like that to me is the beauty of it because really I've curated my social media to the point now it's taken a couple years to get to that point because you kind of got to weed out (laughs) some of the accounts but I scroll it now and it literally does bring me joy like I get to see people who I might not contact all the time or be in touch with or you get new ideas I follow a lot of real estate people and just like stuff for the business itself I'm really intentional when I use social media because I found that when my mental health was not great I was using it as a comparison tool and boy oh boy does that send you down a rabbit hole (laughs) oh it can definitely send you down a rabbit hole for sure I want to talk a little bit about the postpartum. What were some of the mental and physical feelings going through your, going on during your postpartum depression? I had my first daughter, I was 26 and we felt ready. We felt ready to start a family. We had been together for 10 years, but I did not know the depths of what I was getting myself into. And I had always dreamed of being a mom and I love being a mom to this day, of course, but that that first child coming into your life, especially when you've been with someone for so long, like we had a, a, an established life, just us two for so long, it threw me for a loop. And she was colic. So on top of just the newborn world and having a new baby and becoming new parents, she didn't stop crying and she didn't sleep for about a year. And as I was moving through the motions of motherhood and just finding my new 
me. I didn't, I was basically just doing what I could to get through the day at the time. And then about a month in, I was like, this is heavy. Like I'm hurting. Like, why do I love my baby so much yet still feel like I'm failing, feel like at the end of the day, I'm just too exhausted to function. Like I didn't know how to balance doing anything for myself and also taking care of the baby. And then people wanted to come see the baby because they were so excited. We were one of the first people in our friend groups to have a baby and everybody was excited. They wanted to see the baby, but here I am like drowning in my mental health. And that was like a stressor. Like people texting me being like, Hey, can we come see you? And I'm like, like, I don't know. (laughs) So it was, it was really hard to set boundaries. And there were really heavy emotions every single day. So walk us through some of those emotions. You said like you were just like drowning and I understand boundaries too. You have to set boundaries, but sometimes if like you're myself, I I was a people pleaser for so long. So it was hard for me to set boundaries, but today I know I have to set boundaries because if I don't, not that people will walk all over me, I'll just let things happen. And yeah, I'll agree to this. I'll agree to that. But you got to learn to say no. Absolutely. I was a people pleaser through and through. And I definitely was still at this time. I feel like I no longer am because you have to have those boundaries in order to, well, being an entrepreneur, you definitely have to have boundaries or else it's not going to be a very fun ride. But yeah, so some of those emotions, I feel like I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to wake up in the morning and feel like I was enough. Everything I did, I felt like I was failing. She was always crying. I could never get her to sleep. So I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why are all these other moms on Instagram, like loving their babies, having so much fun? Like, why do they look so well rested? And I felt like I had to hide because when my social media was my comparison tool at this time still, I was just trying to figure out how everyone was doing it all and still looking and being okay. So what I actually started to do was I opened myself up to a blog. I created a blog called Raising Hail. And this was my first dive into entrepreneurship. And the website is still there, Raising Hail. I created it on Wix and I was like, this is going to be my mom outlet. Like, I'm just going to journal. I'm going to blog what I'm feeling so that maybe I can connect with other moms because I was feeling so alone. There were days and nights where there would just be tears from everyone, from me, my husband. I would call my husband at two in the morning when he was working a shift work job at the time. And I'd be like, I don't know what you're doing, but like at work right now, I can't, I'm done and I'm going to leave the house. So you better come home. You got to figure it out because I can't be here right now. There were literally times when I obviously didn't leave the house until he got home, but he did. There was a gracious coworker on his shift that night. I remember it so clearly. And he came home and relieved me because I was like, I got to leave the house. Like I'm, I can't be around this baby anymore. I love her to death, but I cannot be around. And then it made me feel more guilty because I'm like, what mom, what friggin' mom is I can't be around my baby. They're just a baby. But that's how bad it got. It got to the point where I was like, I can't can't do this anymore. I, I just, I don't know how to even live or talk to humans. So that's why I started the blog. Um, and I started just short blogs about some of my experiences of, of motherhood and, it, I connected with so many people right off the hop. It was like, I just shared it on my social media. This was on my social media as well. And 
like it resonated for so many people. So then I knew I wasn't alone. And then I was like, okay, this is great. Like, at least I have some other people to vent to and talk about real motherhood behind the scenes. So then I just dove more into the blog and I, I started sharing more stories about our experiences and how we were getting through as we, as time went on in the postpartum journey. So like maybe around four or five months, I felt like I started ish to see some light and that was when my husband and I were like, okay, we got to be teammates here and just make it work. Like we got to figure out how to make the best of the situation because it's hard right now, but it's not going to be hard forever, but we do have to get through it. So we started to, um, we started to do like fun things. So it was like the middle of the night and she just wouldn't sleep as per usual. So we would hop in the car and we would go for a family drive to McDonald's and grab smoothies or grab milkshakes. And we would just start to do fun things that were like, you know what, we got to make the best of this because this is our life and we have to live it somehow. That's amazing that you were able to dive in and make fun, make do fun things with the situation you had at the time with a colicky baby. And myself, my daughter was colicky as well for a while. I don't know if it was for a full year or not. Couldn't remember the whole thing, but it it was for quite some time too. And there was lots of restless nights and even just like we're on edge with one another because no one was getting sleep. So you're you're butting heads at the time and stuff. It was not fun. It wasn't pretty either, but you got to get through it one way or another because you have a baby and a child to raise here. You don't need to have fighting parents and stuff like that. So it sounds like you guys learned how to cope with it and found your own different coping mechanisms. And that's amazing, Shelby. Yeah, yeah, we really did. And one thing that works for us, which is looking back, we giggle about it now. But honestly, I've talked to so many parents and this is the same case for them too, is that we actually started sleeping in separate rooms because through the night I would be getting up with the baby. She at the time would only breastfeed, like he would try to help and it just didn't go the way we wanted it to. Anyways, so I would be getting up in the middle of the night and I'd come back and he'd be like soundly sleeping, enjoying himself. And I'm like, I just would get so mad every time I seen him sleeping. I was like resenting him for the silliest things, like sleeping. What? And uh, so I finally said to him, I'm like, listen, you can't be in this room anymore because every time I see you, I'm like so mad. Like, I just want to come back to a room where I can't see someone sleeping soundly. And anyways, it was, it was something that worked for us. So he slept in another room for quite a few months actually. And it worked out because he had to go to work early anyways. And then if his alarm would go off and it would wake me up, like when he was still in the same room, I'd be like, for the love of God, like I just got back to sleep and now your alarm's going off. It was just like, you know what? Let's do this to save us. <laughs> so it was like those teamwork things that you got to make some sacrifices here and there. And I think that parenting is a lot of give and take. And we just, we decided like, we got to be teammates in this. We're going to do, we're going to do what's going to work for right now. And we'll shift as soon as we come out of this phase we knew it was a phase and yeah that that was one thing that worked for us that's amazing and i love to hear that teamwork everyone teamwork is crucial especially in a relationship it's not all peaches and cream or whatever it definitely is not like it it's not what you on everyday social media and stuff like that there's lots of stuff that goes on behind the scenes too with myself and my part my fiance as well and same thing like we've been through some rough patches and stuff like that but we've worked it out we've worked through it we learned to try we worked through 
our bullshit. You know what I mean? We don't give up either. If it's something that's not going to matter. And I, I've heard this several times now, but something that's not going to matter in five minutes, five days, five hours, whatever, just let it go. It, it's it, for five years. There's the five by five rule I learned in therapy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And we live by the same principles now too. I love that you, you mentioned that because it's the exact same thing. Can we change this situation? Is there going to be a different outcome if we have a fight? No, it's going to make things worse for sure. So it's like, all right, work together in figuring out a solution. Exactly. And have you ever dove into learning about love languages? A little bit, actually. We And I know my partner's now with going to therapy and stuff like that. Like hers is definitely affection and, and stuff like that. That's hers. Like she loves, a, like needs affection. That's fine. There's different love languages and that's definitely hers. I've learned through therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And like that in and of itself, we actually went to couples counseling. Now that you say that too. We like, still do it. Too amazing. I love it. To this Honestly, day. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that that is one of the things that is a game changer as well. We started couples counseling actually within the year before we got married. So it was like we hadn't even gotten married yet. And we were like, no, let's proactively start to really understand the way each of us function and like why we are the way we are. Just seeing it from an outside perspective, from like a therapist perspective on why your spouse reacts the way they react to certain situations based on something that happened to them as they were growing up or whatever it was situationally. But it really makes you think like, okay, I don't really have to be an asshole to them. Like they're going through stuff too. Like why? What? I love them. I don't need to, I don't need to show up in a negative energy for them. We're all just trying to do our best. So I feel like, yeah, just therapy, love languages, learning the love languages. Like mine is words of affirmation. And he likes touch. Like, so like That's another one of touch. my partners as well. Yeah. Affirmation and affection. Yeah. So it's like the, the idea of love languages is that if my love language isn't his love language, then he's going to have to actively do some work to think about using words of affirmation because it's not his top one. But now that we know that those are each other's love languages, it's like, okay, he likes to have a hug. Like I've got to go out of my way to give him a hug. And that makes him feel loved. And same with words of affirmation. Anyways, I feel like that type of thing and just really feeling, okay, I'm going to do what's good for me, but I'm also going to do what's good for you because you're my partner and I want you to feel happy. So even if it's not my top love language, I want to do what I, I can to make you feel loved too. So that in and of itself, like a good foundation, oh my gosh, it's made all the difference in parenthood because it's a ride. <laughs> parenthood is a ride. <laughs> it's definitely not easy, everyone, but you know what? It, there's so much joy and fun that comes out of it. What? You know what I mean? Sometimes I just want to, I don't know, not, not, don't take it the wrong way. Just strangle my little ones. I, <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. It's like emotional looking at them. Like yeah. we look at our little girls and it's just, we made you like, what? You were so perfect. Even though you were calling for a year, you're so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know my daughter, soon to be seven going on 20, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yep. I hear you. We are three-year-olds the exact same way. I'm sure she'd love your seven-year-old. 14, I a 14-year-old too, so. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, let's dive in a little bit. You and Ellison, how do you guys know each other? The two of you, the two girls here, how do you two girls know each other? I honestly am trying to remember how old we were, but I feel like we were around six or seven, seven or eight. And through our parents, we met through our parents and we've been like, you know, 
she was the friend that I met that I always wanted to hang out with right away. And at the time when we originally met, she lived out in the country. So we barely saw each other. And then I got a note from her one day being like, I'm moving right behind you in the Crescent, literally right behind you. So I could walk to her house from my backyard. And that's when it was like, this is a game changer. The person I always wanted to hang out with is in my backyard. So it was just amazing. We, she was always the friend who I felt like she could make me laugh literally no matter what I was going through. And she understood. She's always been someone who understood what it was like to be going through something. And even though we were young, it was like, we just had this connection that just felt unstoppable. It was like this energetic connection on a deeper level. And she was always the one I came back to help me through the things and to pick me up. And I started making jokes about our mental health, even at a young age, and just trying to lift ourselves up when things felt hard. Like we, the one joke we always go back to is why do people with mental health never make their bed? Because they're always in it. (laughs) And or mental health, mental health struggles never make their bed because they're always in it. And it was just like, we started doing these things to make ourselves feel better together. And our outside friend groups didn't really have to know those things. Like it was like an unspoken connection, I feel like, which made it feel really safe. That's amazing. You know, Allison is such a true gem too. Like when I came across her on social media and we chat offline as well, and she's been on my show and it's just been a true blessing in disguise just to be able to chat with her. And we have some great chats as well. And she's had her own struggles too, but it's nice that she shares openly about them on her show, on her platform and what she's doing now. She's just a true gem and a true blessing in disguise to come into people's lives and stuff like that. So what is it like performing Missy Elliott and Sierra though at the Tavistock fair with her? (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. This is embarrassing because she has always been a performer. She's a performer. (laughs) She can dance. She can work a crowd. And at the time we did this, she's let's do an air band. And I'm like, can't go in front of people. Like at the time, zero in confidence. What am I doing? Can dance. She's, we're going to learn a dance. We're going to do it. So she makes up this whole performance, this whole routine to the Miss Kelly and Sierra song, One Two Step. And yeah, I forgot every single damn dance move that we practiced for so friggin' long. I was on the stage, like trying to follow her. Like I blanked. We get on stage in front of our whole town. The most embarrassing moment, (laughs) but the funnest also because it was with her. Um, And all of my friends are there. She goes to a different school at the time. She's at an out of town school. So she knew the people from the town. Of course, we we hung out with some of them, but these are the people I see at school every day. And yeah, she killed it. And I did not. (laughs) And honestly, they used to film those air bands. So if I could ever get my hands on that tape, that would be the best. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. It was all that. But see, looking back, I'm like, I remember being so mortified that I forgot all the dance moves, but I, we were also just, that was hilarious and so much fun. Yeah. She's very random, but hilarious. So we've had some great chats as well. Like I said, and just the most random things we'll chat about some days. I know. I know. And that that's the beauty of the friendship with her, because no matter what you're feeling, 
you can make light out of the situation with her. And now she actually is one of my team members on my team for my business. I don't know. I didn't know if you knew that, but yeah. So she was actually the first person I was like, you know what? I am drowning in work. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I think I need some help. And she's, hello, I can help you. I'm a creative person. And I was like, okay, this is too perfect. The, the universe wants this to work. So anyways, yeah, she's one of my team members on uh, the Hail Creative Co team. And she's just wonderful. She works with all the clients to create their content and build out social media. And she does communication and she does reels and all the things. And uh, it's just been so incredible to have someone that you've grown up with. You literally know each other in and out. We've been through all the hard shit together. Like we've seen each other at our lowest in, in relationships that are just so shitty and just everything that we've gone through to come to a head where it's now we get to work together it's it feels like a dream but it's also feels so seamless and that so if there's ever uh, a day where we're trying to get work done and it's like what is happening because sometimes that happens with entrepreneurship we can voice note each other and just lift each other up and laugh about it and move forward and she's truly been such a light in helping me to just stay sane as a business owner in general. Like she really does have an impact on how I function, just staying in like a positive, happy mindset moving forward. And she's great. She's just so great. She is truly amazing. So everyone, you should go check out the blue is beautiful podcast. Go yeah, follow sure. her on Instagram as well at blue is beautiful. And you will not be disappointed with the funny stuff she comes up with. That's for sure. That is for sure. If you were the next Pied Piper, Shelby, what animal would you want to be able to compel to follow you? Oh my goodness. Good question. <laughs> I'm trying to think here. I love koalas. <laughs> I love koalas because they just like cling to you and they're cuddly and they're always giving hugs. And I don't know. I feel like koalas would be something that I would want to follow me around. I've actually tried to make my daughters obsessed with koalas and I have a secret obsession for Australia. So that would probably be my choice. <laughs> koalas are definitely cute. That is for sure. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, nice and clingy and they give up. Yeah. So it'd be perfect. I love it. <laughs> Their love language. <laughs> the, exactly. Exactly. They can fulfill that love language. <laughs> they can help you out when you're not around with your husband too. <laughs> that's what I'm just going to say. It, that's a bonus. <laughs> there you go. If, if anyone knows who has one for sale, Shelby might be interested. So <laughs> That's correct. Or or I'll head to Australia. That's, I'll, I'll run away there and take all the koalas. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the Hale Company stand for today? Yeah, so we actually are in a little bit of a rebrand right now. It's going to be from the Hail Co. to Hail Creative Co. So anybody listening, that's actually like brand new news. And it is really something that started out with me wanting to build a business that I could not only serve other people as clients, but also build a business where I could allow team members to build their own lifestyle that they love as well. So I wanted to create this twofold thing where people can work from home if they're on my team. They can decide how many hours is great for their lifestyle. Maybe someone comes to me and it's a mom in who's not in a great space. And she's, you know what, I just, I need to be part of a team. I would love to 
do five, 10 hours of work a week. I would love to be part of your team type thing. So I wanted to be able to build a business that I could serve people in those ways. Or if people wanted full-time hours, then I can onboard them with full-time hours. And to give people this almost like a community, not even just a business, a community to come back to, a team, a home base. And then in the, with respect to serving our clients, I love helping people build their dreams. This is why I am also now a mindset and business coach because my journey took me somewhere that I honestly never thought I could get to. I did not ever think that I would have the confidence to step into my true light. And I want people to know that you can absolutely do anything you desire in this life. You can have any type of lifestyle you want. And it starts with believing in yourself and building that self-confidence. And as we were, as I was building out this vision of helping other people, one thing I noticed in the trend was that a lot of people actually do want to start passion projects and be an entrepreneur and all the things, but maybe they're good at their passion, but not 100% on the business building side of things. So with the services we offer, I want to help people get there. I want to help them set up all the things, give them the resources they need, build that mindset, that foundational mindset with them to help them catapult into the life that they want. So it's this all-encompassing service to watch people build their goals, build their dreams, and help them along the way with either contacts or services, marketing their platform if they want. Sometimes people onboard and we build out their social platforms for, say, six months, and then they take it from there. It's really a service that I wanted to be able to serve as many people as I could with something that's actually going to make an impact on their lives. So not only do my team members get to onboard and be part of this family that we've built and work the hours that they want to work from where they want to work and serve our clients who now get to build their dream life. So it's like a twofold thing. That's amazing. And to see how you've, where you started and where you are today, and you're just growing and growing. And that's amazing to see. So if anyone is looking for that, mindset coach that business coach shelby hale is the girl to go to guys and gals thank you so much chris i really appreciate it yeah we've we've built quite the community it's pretty cool to see and i'm just i couldn't be more grateful because obviously everything that's meant for you comes to you i believe when you most need it and i feel like this is who i always wanted to become but i didn't know i had it in me and i want listeners to know that you can truly have anything you desire. It's, it starts with that belief in yourself and just a desire level to make a change. Yeah, it's pretty cool being able to see team members on, on my team. Like one of them is in school. She's in school 20 hours a week, plus she works for me 20 hours a week. Nikki is building her own brand or Ellison is building her own brand. And just one second. Ellison is building her own brand and it's so cool to see her build that brand as well as do work for Hale Creative Co. So it's really neat to be able to see it all come together at the end of the day. It's like people still get to do the things that they love and their passions and we also get to serve other people. And yeah, it's, it's been really special. I'm so grateful for this life. I'm truly grateful that I've had you on the show today and stuff too. I got one more question before we go though. What weird thing 
would you make socially acceptable if you could? Oh my goodness, I love it. Let me think. You might have to cut this part out. I can't think of one. Just let me think here. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of one. I've um, I know. Oh my gosh, just one sec. I'm trying to think so that you could cut it in. Come on, Shelby Hill. What weird thing would you make socially acceptable? Okay, I think I got one. Okay, so I don't know if this is already socially acceptable. Actually, I think it's getting there. But making TikToks middle of the road, like middle of the street, middle of the sidewalk, just like plain as day and people not think that it's weird to just stop and dance with your friends and just all the things have fun. And I feel like if we could live in a world where everyone just felt comfortable, just like having fun and being themselves, that would be a really cool world to be in. No, that would definitely be a really cool world. It's funny you say that. My daughter, my daughter picks up on it more than I do. Like we'll be out at the park or look, those people are making a TikTok over there and <laughs> but I, make it I socially don't... acceptable. It'll have fun with it and just totally. enjoy life. I agree. I agree. And just being yourself and even my three-year-old, <laughs> sometimes I'll be scrolling TikTok and she'll be like, mommy, do you want to dance? So now I've started making TikToks with her at home, just like That's taking cute. them in our dress. It's so cute. She loves looking back on them. So before we go, though, where can everyone find you and get a hold of you if they would like to contact you about your services or just follow up and follow on your journey? I love it. Okay, so I'm going to give two separate things because we're literally like a week away from launching the rebrand. So if you're listening to this right now, my personal social media, which will not change, is at Shelby Hale. So just my name, at Shelby Hale. And the business name right now on Instagram is at the Hale Co. It's going to be changing to at Hale Creative. So I'll let you know when that happens. We're so close. So at Hale Creative Co. And then of course it will be HaleCreativeCo.com when that all switches over as well. For now, if you want to contact me via email, I will always have access to the Hale Co. at gmail.com. So that's a mouthful, but we're in the middle of a rebrand. So That's amazing. Stay yeah. tuned for that rebrand, everyone. Yeah. By the time yeah. this episode has come out, it will be rebranded, I presume. Yeah. But before we go, please, everyone, support the creators like Shelby and myself. The show here, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and write a little blurb. It helps grow as a content creator and a podcaster, puts our show out there more. So leave a little blurb. Whether it's good or bad, let me know what you think of the show. I truly enjoy everyone's feedback. And you can follow the show as well over on Instagram at Depths of Dark Side. Thanks again, Shelby, for coming on the show today, though. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. And thank you, Allison, for having this connection be created. You're amazing. Yeah, thanks again to Allison as well. Amazing birthday gift. So if any other people out there wanting to give someone a birthday gift, they can come on my show anytime. Give them the gift of being a guest on my show. I love it. Thank you so much, Chris.